a couple weeks and unpack this and look at it. And that is because, one, we all sin, right? Scripture is very clear that, hey, we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. But also in, in Romans 6, 23, if you have your Bible, we're just going to come right out of the gate reading Scripture tonight. Romans 6, 23. It's on your notes. It'll be on the screen. This is what it says. It says, the wages of sin is what? Death. Say, it, say that louder. Death. Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right, Paul here, as he describes sin, he, he, he calls it deadly. He says, hey, if we're living lives of sin, we're living lives that ultimately lead to death. Now, if you sin and you tell a lie, you're not gonna just drop dead in the middle of your classroom or as you're lying to your parents. Because trust me, I all know you've lied to your parents. I'm guilty too. You're not gonna just drop dead there. But what Paul is saying is, hey, if we consistently live our lives in sin and we don't recognize our sin, repent and receive Christ in our lives, then we are living a life of sin that leads to eternal death. And so we're gonna walk through uh, the different categories of sin over the next couple weeks. And tonight we're gonna start out with with something that I struggle with. I struggle with it a lot. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, but I think you struggle with it a lot too. And it's, it's the sin of pride. It's the deadly sin of pride. When I was in eighth grade, uh, I struggled with some pretty serious mental health. Like my mental health was not good. I had anxiety. I had some really deep depression. Uh, I was involved with things that I, I shouldn't have been involved in. I, I knew I needed help. But there was this thing called pride. Even though I, I was depressed and anxious, I still had this issue in my life called pride. And what it did is it kept me from going to ask people for help because I cared too much about what they look, looked at me like, what they thought of me. I cared more about what people thought of me than getting the help I needed. And don't get me wrong, I was struggling with mental health, but that mental health was the result of me struggling with sin. I was struggling with all types of sin in my life and I needed help, but I wasn't willing to ask because I was prideful. I, did, I didn't even wanna go sit in a counselor's office because I was more worried about how that counselor would judge me and look at me than the help I would receive from them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to my friends about it because I cared too much about what they thought. I was so prideful. I was so caught up in myself, so focused on myself. And I think it's really fitting tonight for us to start by talking about pride because I think pride in a lot of ways is the foundation of all other sins. Uh, I would argue in a lot of ways that you cannot sin without being prideful. I would just make that argument, right? When you steal, uh, you have an underlining of pride there because you think you deserve that without paying for it. When you lie, you think you are... You are better in that situation. You think you're above the truth. So pride is in every type of sin. And so I think for us to understand the other deadly sins, we first have to understand pride. And tonight we're gonna talk about three questions. We're gonna talk about three questions tonight. And those are what is pride? Why is pride problematic? And then how do we overcome it? And again, this is really, really difficult to speak on. <coughs> Pride, I think, is one of the most difficult topics for anyone to teach scripture on. 
and to, to give a talk on, a message. Here's why. Because most of the times, whoever's talking, tonight myself, I struggle with pride. I am a prideful person. And so I, I will not stand here and say, hey, I've got this all figured out. This is a daily, daily thing that I have to work on. But here's also why it's hard, because the ones who need to hear this message the most are the ones that say, I'm not prideful. If you're sitting here tonight and say, hey, I'm not prideful, I don't need to listen to this, I've got it figured out, hey, you're prideful. You're exactly who I'm talking to tonight. And if you realize that you have a pride problem, hey, I'm also talking to you tonight. So what I want us to do before we even jump into the meat of this message, I just want us to close our eyes and I just want us to pray. And I just want us to ask God, just right where you're at, I just want you to ask God to make you humble right now, to humble you, to open your hearts and humble you right now. Help you to be honest with yourself. Ask God, God, help me to be honest with myself tonight. God, show me if I'm prideful. God, challenge me tonight. Help me to recognize where I need you to work in my life. Amen. So again, I told you we're going to talk about three different things. Right, we're going to talk about the, what pride is, the problem that pride causes, and then ultimately I want you to leave here tonight knowing how to overcome it. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've still got a little bit of a cough from two weeks ago. So let, let's kick it off. What is pride? Maybe, you, maybe you've heard a, a cliche definition of pride before. Maybe you have an understanding. But let's assume you don't, right? Pride simply is a selfish focus on yourself. You, you can probably think about that definition right there, and you could probably go, okay, I know Bobby, he's overly focused on himself, he's prideful. Lucy, she's selfish, she thinks about herself all the time, she's probably really prideful. You, you're immediately probably thinking of names of people in your life who are prideful. The name that probably doesn't come to mind too often, though, is your own, and it should, Right, when I think about people being prideful, the first name that should come to mind is Nathan. Be because I'm prideful and I should be more worried about my own pride before I'm worried about others. Right, you know, we, we associate pride all the time with things like arrogance, cockiness, right, being selfish, self-centered. Uh, but I'm gonna argue that there's a lot of other ways that you can be prideful. Uh, and I'm just going to encourage you, maybe, maybe during this part, you just want to close your eyes. You, you don't have to. Maybe you do, and you just want to listen to these different types of pride and just be honest about where you're at. Maybe you just want to look at the screen and visually recognize these different ways. Whatever you're more comfortable doing, do that right now. And I'm just going to walk through some of these really quick, and I'm going to give some examples, but just say... God, where am I prideful? So self-love, arrogance, self-centeredness, right? The, the people who care more about themselves than others, what we just talked about. But pride also shows up in self-hate and insecurity. Thinking that you're the worst, right? It's the opposite. Thinking you're the worst is just as prideful as thinking you're the greatest. Right? It's not wanting to talk or pray because you're afraid of what others may think of you? Or we take pride in what others think about us and insecurities well up, right? It's being overly concerned that you don't look good, 
being insecure with the way you look. It's not liking the way you look because you want other people to think you're attractive. That's prideful. And let's just pause real quick because, guys, like a lot of this stuff, it, it's hard. It's a, it's a legitimate struggle that we have. And sometimes it's sensitive, right? And so I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, if you're struggling with pride in one of these ways, that you're just like the worst person ever. That's not true, right? We are all falling somewhere within here. And the goal of this is we just want to get better. We just want to be better disciples of Jesus, better followers of Jesus, right? Pride shows up in judgment and oppression. Hey, racism is a great example of pride. It's wrong, right? It's thinking that you are better than someone else because of the color of your skin. That is what racism is. That is pride. God would say that is wrong. I would also say that popularity Right? Striving to be popular is prideful. Entitlement, thinking something, thinking you deserve something, that is prideful. Getting defensive, thinking that you're always right, that your opinion is always the greatest, that's prideful. Being easily offended, guess what? That's prideful. Unforgiveness and prolonged shame. Man, thinking that that person, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Man, Lucas, he, he wronged me so bad, I'll never forgive. No, I could never forgive him. No, God says that everyone is worthy of forgiveness and that it's not my place to judge. But it's also prolonged shame thinking, man, God could never forgive me. Thinking that I am the one that is the exception from God's forgiveness. And I'm gonna throw this next one out here and I'll explain it, but you, you're more than welcome to, listen, come challenge me on it. I'd love to have a line of students challenging me on why Instagram is rooted in pride, why Snapchat is rooted in pride. Instagram's the example, but it's Snapchat, it's TikTok, it's Instagram, it's all prideful. And, and I, will, I will argue this till I'm blue in the face. Because why do most people post on social media? Hey, look at what I'm doing. Hey, look at what I did. Hey, look at the life I'm living. That is 98. I'll, I'll leave 2% of room in there to say, hey, some people just want their family to see their baby or other things. And, and maybe we've got a cousin that lives in uh, you know, Maine or Delaware. I don't know, somewhere across the country. We just want them to be... It's to see something. We just want to share it with our family. Maybe 2% of the, the posts on Instagram aren't prideful, but I would argue that the majority of people use social media in a prideful way. Especially students. Because not only do we post in a prideful way, we sit there and we post our post to a story and say, like and comment. You know what I'm talking about. Because we're so concerned about getting the most likes, getting the most comments, we sit there and we compare our posts to Susie's post to see who's getting the most. And if I'm not getting the most, then I better post something better because I gotta be the most popular person on social media. And then we got these things called influencers. Man, don't even get me started on that. Social media is full of pride. Man, I, I was talking about this with a leader back when I lived in Florida. Uh, we had moved to Colorado, went back, uh, and she, I said, you know, Joanna, I've not seen you 
uh, posting on social media recently, and she goes, man, I, I can't. Because when we talked about pride and, and you spoke about Instagram being prideful, it just hit me. And I realized the only reason I was posting on social media was because I just wanted others to see how great of a life I was living, to see how great the things that I was doing were. And so I would argue Instagram is prideful, but all of these things have one thing in common. And that's they revolve around a focus on ourselves. All of these things have an have a increased focus, a self-centered focus on ourselves. So why is pride problematic? If all these things are prideful, why is pride a problem? Why is it problematic in our lives? I'm going to give you four reasons that I think pride is problematic, and then we'll talk about how to overcome them. So I would say pride is problematic first because it prevents us from having relationships with people. Think about it. Like, do, do you want to hang out with the people at school who are all about themselves? The, the person that is so self-centered, only cares about them, only wants to talk about what they're doing, what they want to do, and then when you bring up something you want, they're like, nah, man, like my idea is better. Or we don't like those people. We don't like to hang out with those people. And so if we struggle with pride, guess what? People don't want to hang out with you. They don't. But I would also, man, like th this gets me because I I'm still dealing with this. Right, when I was uh, in high school, my parents got divorced. Uh, and, and through that, uh, my relationship with my dad crumbled. Like, we, we didn't even talk. I'd see him at home, and I would say nothing to him. Nothing. And then we get to college. I'm in college, uh, and my dad would come to visit, and I really just, uh, we would hang out, and I would say nothing. He'd drive all the way down to Auburn, about four hours, just to come see me. I would say nothing. All I wanted him to do was take me to dinner and pay for the things I wanted. He would call me, and I would ignore his calls. The only time I would talk to him on the phone is when I needed money. That's it. And the problem there, the reason that that relationship stayed bad for so long was because I was prideful. And I struggled with unforgiveness. I said, he doesn't deserve my forgiveness. He's hurt me. He doesn't deserve it. And, and there's a, a very distinct moment that I remember. I was in Destin, Florida. I was an intern. I want to say it was uh, in between my junior and senior years uh, of college. I could be wrong off on a year or something, but it doesn't matter. And I remember calling him and saying, Dad, I, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Like, yeah, like, you should probably, like, yes, you need to be forgiven, but will you forgive me? Because I've been prideful. I've not, I, I've not been willing to forgive you because of my pride. Pride prevents us from having relationships with other people. But it also prevents us from greatness. A lot of us, we would probably say, hey, we want to be great. I want to read a passage. It's not on your notes. I would write it down, go home and read it later. It's in the book of Mark, chapter 10. <clears throat> Mark, chapter 10, verses 43 through 45. I'm going to read this. Just follow along on the screen or just listen to the words. 
Mark 10, 43 through 45. This is Jesus speaking. He says, not so with you. Speaking to his disciples. Instead, whoever wants to become, what's that word? Great. Great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus here is saying, hey, if, if you want to, to have this quality associated with who you are, this quality of greatness, you gotta serve. You gotta be a servant. You can't just walk around and expect to be served. And guys, here, here's, here's the trick is, if we want to serve, we got to lay down our pride. Because I don't know anyone who's willing to serve that's also prideful. Because when we're prideful, we're more concerned about what people are doing for us than what we're doing for them. And so I would encourage you on this one. Hey, ask yourself, am I willing to serve? If I want to be great, am I willing to serve? Third thing pride prevents is growth. It prevents growth. I'm going to read out of Proverbs Chapter 12, uh, verse 15. Proverbs 12, verse 15. It says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Hey, if we want to grow as people, if you want to grow, and I, I really hope that you want to grow in your relationship with Christ. But if we want to grow in our relationship with Christ, we have to set aside our pride because the way of fools is pride. The way of the fool is prideful. And it prevents us from growing with God. It prevents us from growing in anything that we do because we, in our pride, think that we're the best. We think that we're the greatest. We think we've got it all figured out. Right? This is your sports teams. This is dance. This is theater. This is whatever you do. Right? If you want to grow and become better at whatever it is you love to do, you have to be willing to accept coaching. You have to be willing to accept correction. And the writer of Proverbs, man, he goes on and on and on about this in the book. Just go read Proverbs. About talking about how the wise receive correction. The wise receive advice. And I don't know anyone who's, who is prideful in the moment that is willing to receive correction. Who is willing to receive Advice, because just as we talked, the qualities of pride, being defensive, being easily offended, right? If we're prideful, we're a fool and we won't take advice because we're getting defensive when someone says that we're wrong. Finally here, uh, pride prevents us from having a relationship with God. Uh, a couple months ago, we went through a series called the Beatitudes, and many of you may remember this, but Matthew 5, 3 says something very clear to us. And if you hear nothing else I say, I just, honestly, this is maybe the most important part of the message tonight. And it's this, Matthew 5, chapter 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the humble, blessed are those who lay down their pride, blessed are those who realize their pride and seek to be humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
This verse shows us firsthand the danger of pride. If we are prideful, we do not realize our need for God. I would argue that if we are prideful, if we are people who are consistently suffering with pride, we think we are God. We think we are God of our lives. We think we know what is best. We think we can make the right decision. What need do I have for Jesus if I always think I'm right? If I'm the answer for everything? But this scripture says, hey, if I want eternal life in heaven, if I want to spend eternity in heaven, I gotta be humble. I gotta lay down my pride. Why? So that I can recognize my need for a savior. So that I can recognize my need for Jesus. Because without him, eternal life is not possible. The blessings of God in my life are not possible. I have to lay down my pride, not just so I can receive Christ, but so that I am willing to serve Christ. If we're not willing to serve Christ and live our lives for Christ, what good is the relationship? Because the relationship determines the lifestyle that we live. The life we live is evidence of the relationship. And it all starts there. It starts with us laying down our pride and going, God, I need you. God, I need you. And so pride, it puts us in opposition with God. That is ultimately what pride does, is it puts us in, in opposition with God. I didn't wear a, a Rockies jersey tonight because I like the Rockies. The Rockies are trash. Uh, they're pretty bad. <coughs> uh, if you're a Rockies fan, I'm sorry. Uh, you should probably go pick a new team because they're, they're going to stink this year too. Uh, and we're three weeks in, and they got, what, 11 to 1 the other night? It's not good. Uh, they're the Rockies. Uh, it's been, what, 10 years? I don't know. Uh, maybe go root for the Braves. They're a lot better. Um, <laughs> listen, the Dodgers trash. Uh, hey. I'm wearing this jersey because when you look at this, when you look at what I'm wearing, you might assume, hey, I like the Rockies. Why? Because we associate different teams with jerseys. The jersey someone wears, you assume that that is a team that they're associated with. Uh, I can't see who it is, but I can see your hat. You got a Braves hat on, right? I would assume that you like the Braves and that you, uh, that is a team that you would associate yourself with, right? Maybe, you know, I'm an Auburn fan, right? So if I wear an Auburn jersey, my, my lock screen, depending on the day, is the Auburn logo. And when you would look at that, you'd say, hey, Nathan probably likes Auburn. He would associate himself with Auburn. Here's my point. When people look at your life, what do they see? When people look at your life, what do they see? Do they see pride? Or do they see humbleness? Do they see selfishness? Or a willingness to serve? Because as disciples of Christ, the jersey that Christ wears is humbleness. The jersey that Christ wears is servanthood. It's serving, not getting. It's blessing, not receiving. It's humbleness, not pride. So ask yourself tonight, what, what jersey are you wearing? What jersey are you wearing? Because it matters. And the nice thing, listen, I ain't gonna do it up here. The nice thing is you can take jerseys off. No, I'm not gonna do it. You don't wanna see that. 
and I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> you can take jerseys off and you can put a new one on. So, hey, when the Rockies are trash, I'm going to put on the Braves jersey. When Auburn stinks again this year, I'm just not going to wear the jersey. <laughs> but you know what? Like, let's say I ain't going to put on a Bama jersey. Yeah, you knew where that was going. <laughs> if you have on the jersey of pride, you can take it off. If you have on the jersey of shame, you can take it off. And you can replace it with what God offers you. So how do we overcome it? How do we overcome this thing called pride? Nathan, you're going to tell me that pride is awful and I'm a prideful person, which means I'm stuck in it. And you're just going to leave me there? No, we're not going to leave you here. I want to give you some ways to overcome it. And we're just going to run through this. But I want you to focus on scripture first. So let's read it together. We're going to read out of Philippians chapter two. <coughs> Philippians chapter two. It's on your notes there on the back. Philippians two, verses three through eight. Follow along, read it on the screen. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in what? What's that word? Humility. Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here, Jesus models to us what it looks like to be humble what it looks like to have this thing called humility. And humility is the opposite of pride. It's thinking of others before yourself. It's being willing to lay down your life for the sake of others. Jesus modeled this to a T. He died so that we can live. Right? That's the whole story of Easter a couple, couple weeks ago. That we received salvation. Jesus died so that we can live. So I'm going to give you some examples here of how we can pursue humility and overcome our pride. The first is by serving others, right? Stop finding a way to benefit yourself and start looking for a way to serve others. Seek understanding. Students, this is a big one. Seek understanding, right? Look through the lens of other people. How would they view this? Man, when I say this or do this, how, how would they feel? Think, think about other people, right? Give people the benefit of the doubt whenever it's possible. Pursue humility by submitting to authority. And this one's hard. And I would sit in here and say, yeah, this is hard for students, but this is hard for everybody. Just look at the world around us. Everyone thinks that they are their own authority. Everyone thinks that you should just live life how you wanna live life, right? It's this you do you mentality, this you do you culture. And we, if someone says, hey, there's an authority, there's a standard, people freak out and lose their minds. But if we want to have humility, we have to submit to authority and understand that we are not our own authority. Students, you have parents. They are your authority. You have teachers. They are your authority. And so we lay down our pride and we seek humility by obeying them, by respecting them. And finally, we... Uh, 
we overcome our pride and pursue humility by asking for help. Hey, I don't expect you to be able to do this on your own. I can't do this on my own. I have mentors. I have three people in my life that I can call and say, hey, I'm struggling with pride right now. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. I need help. I need advice. Students, right after this, you're going to go to small groups. Right there, you got people who, adults, your leaders who care about you and who are willing to help you overcome this. They are a trusted, caring person. Ask for help. At the end of the day, though, the, the, the takeaway for us is that we can overcome our pride. We can overcome our pride by fully living for God. By fully living for God and serving others each and every day. And so my challenge to you tonight is, as we get ready to go to small groups and wrap this up is think, like, what do I need to do in order to, to be less prideful and to fully live for God and, and to serve others every day? Look, we're all sinful. We all struggle with pride. But we don't have to stay that way. We don't have to stay that way. Students, I just want you to listen to this just for a minute. If, you're, if you struggle with pride, that's okay. You can overcome it. Right? If we want to have a relationship with God, which my honest heart's desire is that you want that. But if we want that, we have to recognize our pride. If we want to receive the gift of salvation, we have to recognize our pride. And some of you, maybe that's where you're at. Maybe some of you... It, You've not taken that first step with Jesus. And maybe that's where you're at tonight. Maybe, maybe where you're at tonight, what God is saying to you is, hey, it's, it's time to lay down your pride and it's time to come follow me and have me at the center of your life. It's time for you to walk with me, for you to love me and to receive this gift of salvation. Students, if that's you, if you're ready to take that first step, talk to a leader, come talk to me. I would encourage you, talk to your small group leaders. They love you. They'll, they'll pray for you and walk with you through that. Some of you, though, you, you've already accepted Jesus. And so for you, it's, hey, how can you continue growing in your faith? How can you like, actually focus on following Jesus in your day-to-day -day life? Because none of us are perfect at it, and we can all get better. And a lot of times, pride stands in the way. So again, if that's you, talk to a leader. Ask for help. We want to pray for you. But students, let's actually be people who don't just listen to the word of God, but actually make a change. Let's not only listen to God's word, but be people who make a change. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for your word. God, this is, it's a hard message. Honestly, it's, it's hard to talk through. It's hard to think through. But God, if we're being honest, we all struggle with this. We all struggle with pride. We all struggle with being self-focused, self-centered. And God, what that does, if we're being honest, God, it, it just pushes you out of our life. It takes our focus off of you and places on ourselves. So God, we're guilty. We're, we're guilty of being prideful and we need your help to overcome it. So God, I pray that you would just challenge us. Show us where we're prideful. Show us the different ways that we're prideful. 
Just help us to seek you. Help us to fully live for you and help us to focus on serving others, sharing your word with others. So God, as these students go to small groups tonight, God, I just pray that you challenge them, speak to their hearts, God, give their leaders wisdom and discernment. God, make us better people, make us better disciples of Christ. In your name we pray, amen. 